0: Firelight danced through Ross Bay Cemetery as it had for 80 days before. The cult's chanting grated at Michelle's ears as she struggled again with her tight bonds. Her hunger and the delirium of sleep deprivation blurred her vision beyond the cold, black altar upon which she lay. A figure, shrouded in black, approached and made the sign of the inverted cross, its hands lingering on the lowest point of the gesture. Michelle's eyes focused, and she saw only four digits, and a raw, red stump where the middle finger should have been. Soon, little pure one, soon we will summon the Dark Father. Michelle's whimpers were muffled by a gag. The chanting grew louder, and the figure produced a curved knife to draw blood from a once more. But then, a warmth washed over her, a glow of light from a shell's right side that she saw but did not register with the cultist. A new voice spoke to her, calm but powerful. Be strong, and endure for a few moments longer. Their ritual will fail, and he will heal your scars. This pain and suffering will be stricken from your mind, and, Michelle, you will only remember when the time is right." The knife ran across Michelle's foot, and her blood began to drip upon the altar. The 81st day was endured. hello this is mike from darker days radio and joining me is chris you're listening to a secret frequency on the satanic panic chris how's it going
1: uh pretty good yeah there's lots of stuff going on um wow there's a lot to say but we'll, we'll get to that because i think we've got quite a lot of show stuff that we can update people on and interviews and everything um how are things going with you uh oh, just chipper a
0: lot of uh, a lot of busyness um Definitely some cool convention stuff coming up, um, which I think we can talk about maybe a bit after The Secret Frequency, so we can just dive into the topic right here. Yeah. So, tonight you will be regaled with stories, both fact and, well, in this case, definitely fiction, and to a plethora of ideas for your horror games. This episode includes content dealing with suicide, alleged child abuse, alleged murder, and alleged Satanism. Uh, In general, most of these allegations were false and wildly misrepresented by hysterics. Uh, However, if you aren't interested in hearing about that right now, you can just skip ahead to the next episode. And now, on to the horror. The Satanic Ritual Abuse Scare, or Satanic Panic, of the 1980s and early 1990s was a moral panic rooted in numerous causes. In the United States, the 1980s was rife with anxieties and political change. After evangelical Christians felt betrayed by Jimmy Carter's presidency, a new political organization known as the Moral Majority was created by Jimmy Falwell, an organization that funneled religious money to Republican politicians to encourage them to vote based on religious beliefs rather than the good of common people. Fear of nuclear apocalypse also played uh, upon the eschatological fears of the American populace, creating an environment with anxiety and mistrust. Finally, the satanic panic has roots in history, which burnings were frequent for years in uh, America and West Central Europe, um, leading to localized hysterias and purgings. Even earlier, there were cases of blood libel where Jewish members of Christian majority communities were accused of kidnapping and infanticide. These types of panics continue to this day, With thousands being killed in Tanzania for accusations of witchcraft and a Washington, D.C. pizza parlor being accused of hosting a satanic cult. Going back to the 1980s, our hysteria started not in the United States, but in Canada. In 1980, Michelle Smith and her psychiatrist Lawrence Posdare published Michelle Remembers, a book claiming to have unlocked Michelle's repressed memories of abuse by the International Church of Satan through their uh, hypnotic techniques used by Poser. The book revealed Michelle's grotesque claims of murder and assault, being locked in cages, and being rubbed with the blood of infants. But it also had some pretty heavy metal aspects, including 81 Day Black Masses at a before-mentioned Ross Bay Cemetery to summon the Devil himself, uh, where all the cultists had their middle fingers chopped off. It's pretty cool. Good image for uh, World of Darkness. Yeah. Michelle, of course, was spared the, uh, the scares and mutilation by the Christian God, which healed her mind and soul and promised to only let her remember when the time was right. And apparently the time was right, because Michelle Remembers was an economic success, kicking off book tours, TV and radio interviews, and of course, a new moral panic. 1980s America was at the cusp of mass media, with CNN just beginning broadcast in 1980. But local access television and FM radio still held considerable sway. So debunkers quickly discovered the inconsistencies and falsehoods in Smith and Posdare's story. But as soon as the truth reached one news station, uh, the story's myths had already sprung to three other communities. There's also talk shows like The Oprah Winfrey Show and Geraldo Rivera's, Uh, which were instrumental in spreading accusations because, quite simply, the salacious topic got views on the airwaves and filled audience seats. Hysteric parents, cavalier, local law enforcement, and religious figures started hunting for evidence of the occult. And of course, whenever the human mind goes looking for patterns, it's sure to find evidence of them. Soon, articles, accusations, and court cases uh, began flooding the legal system one very unfortunate case at this time was the mcmartin preschool trial in 1983 judy johnson's son was having trouble pooping and instead of taking her boy to the doctor she assumed that someone at the preschool was sodomizing her child furthermore she accused the teachers at the school of fornicating with animals flying and quote drilling a child under the arms end quote Hmm. I guess these were compelling arguments to the Manhattan Beach Police Department because they arrested Ray Buckney, the uh, main teacher in question. Then the police sent out a series of questionnaires to parents who had children enrolled with the school. Children are of course very suggestive to questioning, and very especially to leading questions. Uh, and this will often result in them telling adults pretty much what they want to hear. So based on the quote unquote evidence, uh, that the police department got, they assumed that they'd found a cult or maybe a pedophile ring and arrested all the teachers. What's even worse is that the district attorney, Robert Philobosian uh, was up for re-election and needed a big case to secure the vote. So he decided to take the McMartin preschool teachers to court. Seeing the mainstream case and success, uh, Michelle Smith and Lawrence Posdare showed up to interview the parents and uh, get some more media attention. And the uh, child's testimonies are pretty great. Some stated that they saw witches flying. Others were taken down into steam tunnels. One traveled in a hot air balloon. And one child pointed to a picture of Chuck Norris and said that that was his abuser. Wow. Ultimately, the McMartin case was a huge fiasco. Uh, Virginia McMartin, uh, the school's owner, and Ray Buckney were imprisoned, unable to afford the $1 million bail. Uh, from 1983 to 1990, so seven years of their lives lost. The case only ended with a hung jury, which means that the jury, through extended deliberation and review of the evidence, were split as to whether or not the teachers were witches. (laughs) In the end, the judge decided to end the fiasco, dropping all charges. And meanwhile, Judy Johnson, the individual who had started all these injustices, was diagnosed with schizophrenia and died with alcoholism in 1986. Wow. Yeah, it's just completely ridiculous. And there's a lot of stories like this in the United States. But Chris, you know, I'm really excited and interested to kind of hear your perspective for what was going on in the United Kingdom at this time.
1: So around the same time period, there are a number of various cases, again, of child abuse, which has been, let's say, reasoned under, you know, people of authorities, police, uh you know social workers by whatever means they, they've come to the conclusion that for so such heinous acts to be committed clearly it is ritual abuse clearly the occult is at work clearly there is some sort of large also conspiracy going on and so this list of there's a list of cases which go between uh, 1988 to 1991, and even a British study was published that there were 62 cases of alleged ritual abuse uh, reported in this time, representing possibly only a tiny proportion of of, uh, all potential cases. And in the vast majority of these cases, it ultimately comes down that any ritual uh, element that apparently occurred was either... Uh, false memories or you know the the victims trying to rationalize what was going on because again they were children and then also or ritual ritual uh acts were being used as a way of of rationalizing what the abuser was doing so they were using ritual acts to to support their own perverse uh intentions so we have that we do have in the uk a number of cases uh and and this leads to also such things where we have we've had uh british members of parliament accused of being parts of uh, of sex trafficking rings this also leads to conspiracy theories that even you know members of the royal family have been involved things like that and then also more recently we have Uh, cases such as such people such as Jimmy Savile who was a prominent broadcaster throughout the 70s 80s 90s well known on TV for Jim Jim will fix it for you all these things where he helps out kids and you know it was revealed he was an abuser and of course again people seek to try and rationalize these things because how could someone so good so upstanding do such things clearly there must be an occult element to this related to this of course we also have around about the same time the uh the let's say crusade of mary whitehouse now mary whitehouse was a socially conservative uh, educator and conservative activist who created the national viewers and listeners association and essentially she led organizations to uh to to uh, complain and, and activism against TV and radio for things such as certain scenes and shows like Doctor Who at the time, uh, other programs which were like, say, the Romans in Britain, which was basically had, uh, I believe, it, a scene which had some simulated anal assault going on it, or anal sex. You know, we're talking about the Romans here. They were pretty liberal in their own ways. Uh, and also she, she had issues against alleged you know issues of where she alleged there was blasphemy particularly in cases where you have stories or, or media concerning uh you know people who are gay then of course related to that we also have the classic concept of and i think this is mainly a british concept anyway the idea of the video nasty and so what this basically means is that due to the activities of mary Whitehouse house and her moral campaign uh, Throughout the 80s, early 90s, various pieces of media, films, were, you know, were banned. They were banned from being sold in the UK. And we're talking things like, you know, the classic is The Evil Dead, which in hindsight, when you watch it, is the most puerile, ridiculous piece of cinema going. But of course, it was obscene, at least in their eyes. And of course, there's also pieces of, you know, you could say legitimate uh, media, legitimate art, which is, while being erotic in nature, was, you know, is art. It's not pornography. Now, this all comes to a head, of course, uh, when we have something like the murder of James Bolger, which I'm not going to get into all the details. That's the whole thing entirely. But this is a case where uh, children around the age of That they were at the time my age so this is 1991 so we're talking they were about 9 10 11 years old two children who led a toddler james bulger away from a uh from a a shopping mall and they then proceeded to find an isolated place i believe near some uh, uh, railroad railroad rail tracks and murdered him and the blame for this was leveled on them watching uh films such as child's play three so the uk is not you know the uk has had its own equivalent of uh the satanic panic um for and i think the where things become interesting is these things still keep turning up and we also have more recently uh the bbc was presenting a documentary about satanic abuse and has had criticism by people that appeared on them at uh essentially uh, promoting a the conspiracy theory that there is some you know global satanic cabal mm. that is yep. you know a pedophile ring which is or, or it whether it's that or whether it's um you know trafficking people and so even now we have these these things come up and it's no surprise in this day and age when we also have again people looking to rationalize everything that's going on, on, on around them whether it is you know war in the Middle East still ongoing whether it is uh, things to do with even I guess climate change people are looking to understand the world where the science the, Unfortunately, don't quite understand all the politics. They don't quite understand again. This I'm sure You know in the modern day This also then the satanic ritual abuse mostly, you know, you only have to change Satan for Islam and then of course you have also other similar cases of abuse where of course is it because they are of this particular religion or is it just because it's a bunch of guys who are freaking assholes and horrible people is it really anything to do about faith again people want to leap to conclusions anything that would allow them to rationalize what's going on rather than ex- rather than accept the 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 simple truth that people are horrible at a very deep uh, a deep and dark level uh and then I think the most interesting thing um, and which relates to the fact that I think how you were saying with the the moral majority and the links of the ideas of, oh, there is, you know, people believing that there is a satanic, you know, global satanic cabal behind all this um, and how that ties into the ideas of, say, Christian uh, evangelicals. We have in the UK um, revealed more recently. Uh, that even the UK government and military at the time of the Troubles in Northern Ireland were making use of of essentially urban legends of, of Satanic ritual abuse as a way to cause fear-mongering to control uh, the people in Northern Ireland because of course you've got sectarian violence there between Protestants and Catholics and so the idea of essentially demonizing quite literally the these uh, paramilitary organizations so that obviously people would not want to help them and join these organizations because of course they believe they're led to believe they are satanic in nature the other side of things we've had in the uk uh, again occurring more recently and this is where i think you can then tie this in, into cases of um of course, the banned act of uh, female genital, genital, genital mutilation is that we still have within certain ethnic groups that, see, that generally, unfortunately, come from, uh, from the African subcontinent, mainly. Uh, we have cases where children are abused and then they are blamed. They, those children are apparently cursed. They are demonically possessed. And then these cases come forward that these children die, and it comes out that the parents or carers believe that, that these children were, were demons. So, you know, wherever you look, you will find people jumping to some form of, of, of way of reasoning either what they're doing personally, uh, or, or why other people are doing things, uh, by using the idea of, of, of the occult
0: yeah certainly that's a that's a great summary there chris and i think it's also important you know to point out that there are some actual real uh examples of this oh uh, we covered it back on uh episode 88 with full Metal rpg wow. discussing the um uh the fall river satanic cult which was a real oh, real yes. cult that existed not far from where i live uh, for several years uh there were a bunch of murders really weird stuff going on which was really ins- it was inspired by the hysteria that was going on so you know people taking it and running with it's uh it's a very real thing
1: that's quite interesting because i think that's what leads us into some of the discussion we'll have is that the 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 moral fear that there are satanists or there is a cult worship going on is quite clearly grabbed upon by by people and then it's self-perpetuating uh you know there are people that there, there are the people that are looking for it wherever they go uh whether it's in music and you know we'll get on to that with like typical gore and, and so forth claiming that you know there's devil worship in the music of ozzy osborne and so forth or then you have people that that they're, they're looking, they are mentally disturbed and looking for something to latch on that gives them, I guess, some sort of reason and, oh, I don't know, gives them something in their life to latch on to, which, which leads them down, you know, as safe say, creating these actual real, um, you know, satanic cults or occult, you know, cabals of their own. Uh, and that's where I think in some respects, I look at when reading this, it's, it's um, and seeing how it can be used. Either it's people looking for patterns that aren't really there, or in the case of the UK government using it as a as a psyops thing, um, it's it's uh, it's almost like a a mimetic virus in a way. It self perpetuates, finds another form, and people are again back at blaming TV, computer games, movies music art for satanism and perversion and you know abuse of children
0: yep yeah you're definitely
1: right so talking about
0: the satanic panic we would be remiss if we did not discuss how this this moral panic affected role players in the uh 1980s um i know that's why a lot of people would be tuning into this episode so let's just dive into it It all started when a kid named James Dallas Egbert III got lost in a tunnel. Uh, He was a child prodigy and went to University of Michigan at the tender age of 16. James, like all serious nerds of the late 70s and early 80s, was into Dungeons and Dragons. And allegedly, he and his friends would play a live-action version of the game in the University's steam tunnels. Now, you can definitely see the appeal of that, because if you just Google University of Michigan steam tunnels they do look like a dungeon. Uh, It seems like it would be a pretty fun place for a little urban exploring and the like. But unfortunately, James was clinically depressed because he was a stressed 16-year-old attending college. One day, Egbert disappeared. Uh, He wasn't in class, he wasn't in his dorm, and no one could find him. It turns out he did, in fact, go into hiding in the school's steam tunnels, and there he tried to kill himself with uh, qualudes. Uh, And it didn't work, he woke up and fled to a friend's house. Egbert's parents hired a private investigator who latched on to the Dungeons & Dragons aspect. Uh, Once traces of Egbert were found in the steam tunnels, the investigator went wild with the story. Headlines read, If you play D&D, you'll get lost in a tunnel and attempt suicide. Egbert was actually on the move for weeks, uh, attempting suicide a few times, and eventually uh, became an oil field laborer down in Louisiana. Uh, he soon learned of his, uh, that his disappearance had caused this whole media circus, so eventually he called up the private eye and uh, was brought home to his parents. But uh, sadly Egbert finally committed suicide several months later. It was a, a tragic end to a troubled life. Egbert's story is awful, uh, but it clearly has nothing to do with Dungeons & Dragons or role-playing games. But uh, we're in full-blown moral panic mode, so we can't just let a case of major depression be a uh, case of major depression. Uh, it has to be the devil's handiwork. So the aura of death that surrounded D&D and popular culture had two simultaneous effects. Uh, number one, people began to think that D&D was associated with devil worship, and number two sales the game skyrocketed and turned into a major craze but unfortunately you know after several more suicides by young people who also happened to have DD books in their rooms uh patricia pulling who uh had in fact lost her own son uh to suicide began bad bothered about dungeons and dragons and she in fact wrote a book called the devil's web calling DD, quote A fantasy role-playing game which uses demonology, witchcraft, voodoo, murder, rape, blasphemy, suicide, assassination, insanity, sex perversion, homosexuality, prostitution, satanic-type rituals, gambling, barbarism, cannibalism, sadism, desecration, demon summoning, necromantics, divination, and other teachings. End quote.
1: That's an advert for HBO, surely? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, there it is. (laughs) And it is. And, yeah. no and, time can change. I just say can I just say bad sounds like the best acronym to use for a roleplay game book?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that's good too. Yep. <laughs> but I oh, mean, you know yes. this this is all only partially true, right? Because the missing element is that, you know, most of us have the ability to recognize fiction from reality. And that's the big thing that we go through with role-playing games is exploring a uh, kind of fictional realm to just get ideas out there. So, as a result of Pulling's activism, some legitimate research actually went into the effects of role-playing games on children. And the conclusion was shocking. Apparently role-playing games are harmless and possibly even therapeutic as a creative outlet and uh, they're a great tool to learn social problem-solving skills.
1: Not surprising, Um, given that there's been another article recently, I think, I can't remember where I saw it, I saw it on social media, again, saying exactly the same thing, that it's a wonderful creative therapeutic outlet, and tangentially, um, the Cubs and Scouts and, you know, those type of um, young people organizations that uh, have their origins and quite, you know, you could say, come from a background of social conservatism, because they're generally considered quite Christian kind of activity groups previously, mm-hmm. have well-developed uh, activities, uh, programmes, with Games Workshop, of all things these days. So, you know, you you send your child to go do this, the, the, the scouts and to, you know, go camping in the woods and, you know do things for the community. One of those nights, there will, may well be activities such as rolling some dice and having orcs and goblins kill uh, witch elves, <laughs> right? But that's because it's a therapeutic activity which involves reading, writing, arithmetic, and artistic talents. But Chris, we can't let evidence get in the way of a good moral pattern, oh, no. right? I mean, no. to this
0: day, there's a number of fundamentalist christians who, who still believe that in the united states still believe that dnd is the gateway to satan and that many gamers uh are involved in, in witchcraft and the like um you know there's a lot of stories out there of uh role players that uh have experienced religious leaders and hysterics railing against games even through into like the early 2000s at this point usually video games are what uh, get demonized a lot more but uh, I even remember my own father checking in with me probably in like 2004 to make sure that none of my games uh, involved
1: demons or anything. Whoopsie doodle. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's curious because I remember obviously when I first bought, um... oh sorry, no, Dungeon Dragons was bought for me by my parents and when I bought Vampire the Masquerade Revised my mom looked at it and looked at the art and went, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But,
0: carrying on. Yeah, so, let's let's dive into this. How do we use these ideas about the Satanic Panic, this real uh, history of our world, and not, not that long ago, uh, how do we use that in our horror role-playing games? Um, you know, White Wolf has already poked fun at the idea of the Satanic Panic several times. Uh, most notably, uh, Demon the Fallen had the Demonic Deviltry Tract, which is a, uh, a play on the Dark Dungeon's Chick Tract. Uh, which kind of shows you how gamers could get involved in a uh, demon cult in uh you know demon the fallen's um, you know meta plot in its setting and also black dog games is in uh of the apocalypse and it's a uh, game company that can make you go crazy and do bad things so that's definitely been done before um i think a great place though to start really exploring what this all means is mage the ascension because that's a really strong game for discussing, like, cultural zeitgeists, um, you know, moral panics can definitely be explored. Um, this sort of a moral panic really represents a paradigm shift uh, in the, you know, humanity's collective superego. ego um, And this can actually lead to cults being created, you know, empowering newly created demons uh, in in the, uh, you know, in the tapestry, or maybe allowing outsiders from the deep umbra to more freely act in the real world. Yeah.
1: It's it's interesting because yeah we were talking about the idea of, of psyops and one of the things which um, friend of the show and World of Darkness Chronicles of Darkness uh, contributor and writer and developer uh, Matthew Dawkins likes uh, sharing on uh, social media the covers of these um, how would I describe it uh, let's just call it you know the women's I don't know. I want to call them like gossip magazines, I guess. Mm. And the the titles of some of these stories and so forth are salacious nonsense. We're talking again. You know, let's let's be honest. In these for for bored for the the, the target audience, let's just say, uh, who mostly are quite bored and trapped within uh, a mundane life, is of course finds it compelling to read such stories that involve violence, murder, cannibalism, paedophilia, incest, in Britain and so forth. And then also at the same time have have headlines of you can win like ten thousand, twenty thousand pounds worth of prizes and other thing. And these magazines are there. There's loads on the uh, the the shelves of of supermarkets and and newsagents and again i i can see these as being used as a way to create a you know as a as a form of psyops to get the stories out there uh one issue is actually one magazine is particularly funny i find though uh, called chat um it's fate and that's a spin-off of chat magazine and that's because it's the um it's the paranormal occult version uh, where, obviously, it's got stuff in there to do witchy kind of things, like, you know, how to charge your crystals and how to, I don't know, you know, you, you, all your, your horoscopes and all these things. And then also it has all the ghost stories of investigators by, you know, Barry down in Dorset was investigating a castle, or someone was saved by an angel. And then also the fun thing I found was that the, the there's a column where writers you know, write, uh, where readers write in about their dreams and these dreams are interpreted and the interpreter is renowned dream interpreter uh mark de who actually is also um, mark uh, who's the lead singer of mechanical cabaret who i've seen perform live so um i think these magazines are a source of can be a way of a way of thinking about how um you know certain groups could manipulate the very core fabric of society
0: yeah definitely i was hearing some story about a um a guy claiming that he worked for the u.s government to basically make fake ufo stories to basically get people to stop bothering like area 51 and other other like research installations just like i wouldn't be just like not not really muddy the waters but just like convince these ufo chasers to just go someplace else (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, the technocracy is uh, obviously well-positioned in many ways to kind of try to push uh, these sorts of uh, moral panics, or maybe just not push them, but even just capitalize on them, right? Because as this uh, sort of a satanic moral panic is going on, um, that would make people uh, much more uh, willing to target members of, say,
1: the Order of Hermes or the... uh, The verbena uh as well it would also be a good moment here because uh to say that while the kickstarter is going on for hunter the visual second edition uh one of the bits of text they've previewed is for the the compact yeah compact called the uh the long night and again they are a group of hunters uh, joined together under the idea that they are doing god's work so you can imagine that again these magazines and, and so forth uh these or small local organizations, or larger organizations which have uh, an element of the moral satanic panic. Those groups would be ideal either recruiting grounds, maybe not great recruiting grounds, but definitely a source of information. Because, you know, that, that granny that lives down that street is a bit of a curtain twitcher, and she's watching that house and all those houses where you think the monster is lurking. Uh, you know, it's things like that which I think really you could you could use within a hunter game. Yeah, so
0: there's a lot of other things you could do. Uh, it, it could be interesting to explore what's happening with the Celestial Chorus at this very time. You know, even if there aren't like satanic cults or anything, this may just give members a, uh, a way to uh, target maybe nefandi within their ranks, or even just satanic leaning members of the Celestial Chorus. Um, and could cause some interesting strife in, in politics at that time. Could be
1: very interesting to explore. Oh yeah, that's that's definitely for sure. Yeah. Um, and then I think also one of the things which goes back to the very core of Chronicles of Darkness, I mean, these groups, there could be nothing supernatural about these groups whatsoever, uh, and the moral panic can be used for just a simple cult of personality, and so your hunters and... You know, you could be looking at the basis of a of a slasher game, or, or where it is just a simple cult where there is no you know magical supernatural monster involved, but they are doing horrible crimes and hunters get involved, I mean, or, or or simple simply mortal investigators. Uh, I think that gives you the the basis of a game which has maybe um, an element of say the Hannibal TV series and certain episodes, say. Um, of uh, The, the X Files, even. Yeah,
0: it's good stuff. So, in your games, if you want to assume that satanic cults do exist in this kind of, you know, insidious manner, uh, that could be really interesting to explore in Vampire the Masquerade, um, because given. Uh, V5's uh, real air of anxiety, of the insecurity going on. these cults would uh, represent a, a huge risk to the masquerade. Uh, they might uh, tip off like the FBI's Special Affairs division or you know, these elements of the so-called Second Inquisition to come after uh, you know sloppy cults that are in your city, uh, which cause different issues once they start to dig even deeper into whatever potential supernatural creatures there are. And likewise, in Vampire the Requiem, I think you'd have a lot of fun with satanic cults because the kindred might just use them as very convenient fall men. Um, The satanic Mm. panic uh, keeps mentioning all this bloodletting, so it would be pretty easy to just plant an exsanguinated corpse uh, amongst the victims of the the satanic
1: cult. You could also look into how, again, using the ideas of these cults or uh, whether they're real or not, and tie that in with uh, the various forms of uh, Belle Isle's brood, which is, mm. uh, you know, satanic vampires. How you, how satanic, and what form? You know, the Belle Isle's brood book is is filled with excellent ideas in there, um, which I'm I'm going to say will mostly influence how they present uh, the Sabbat in uh, V5 eventually. Uh, Quite
0: possibly, yeah. I mean, the Sabbat originally had this whole. Infernalism theme going on, uh, especially in, like first edition yeah. and early second edition, but that seemed to kind of fall to the wayside uh, in favor of just like the, the general blasphemous nature of them. But it still kind of was there in the uh, in the background, so it could be interesting to see that brought back. Uh, we'll just have to
1: see what happens. The other thing which um, to comment on about this is uh, part of the Satanic Panic uh, is based in the controversial. Uh, psychological treatment of the victims, of the children, called this uh, recovered memory therapy, Mm -hmm. which is what leads to the very ridiculous memories, ridiculous accusations by these children, but maybe that's because what they're not, what they're remembering is not actually abuse by the the very, you know, by their educators, by their carers, by these people. You know, maybe one or two of these stories is actually true and that's because the recovered memory that you're you're getting from this victim that victim's actually a fetch and what you're dealing with is a shared memory experience between the fetch and the the changeling who is now currently trapped or has returned as either where time hasn't changed or they've they're now older as a as a changeling into our world Uh, and so It'd be very interesting to look at how these, you know, how you can tie that together, uh, because I think that really gets, unfortunately, gets quite to the the very core. One of the core core ideas behind changeling lost is dealing with that post traumatic stress.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking about that as like a a potential character concept. You know, maybe your uh, your changeling character uh, was kidnapped by the gentry in the 1980s. And this kidnapping might have been blamed on a satanic cult. Maybe there was no fetch for them. So when they finally make it back and find their family, there's just this assumption that they were perhaps being abused by a, a satanic cult and the like. And that's really just a detriment to their their recovery. Uh, since, yeah. you know, instead of people believing the, the bizarre, weird experience that they had in the hedge, Instead, they're being confronted with, with this very bizarre fictional experience kind of being imposed on them. Yeah, very exciting. Uh, Changing the Lost is, is a, uh, a real good game to explore these kinds of uh, issues, um, whether it be, you know, satanic cults being in your game or just the, uh, the idea of the moral panic. Um, and also, uh, in, in other games where maybe Satanic cults don't exist, but the repercussions of these moral panics do, um, it's really good to look at Geist the Sin Eaters, Mummy the Curse, and Demon the Fallen, because cults are really the lifeblood of these supernatural beings. Um, and investigations into cults can really cause them issues. It's interesting yeah. if you think about uh, uh, these Sin Eaters, because maybe if you have a game set in the 1980s, it's very difficult for them to get new celebrants. Uh, for their group to get new mortals to, to join them in the, uh, the mythologies that they're creating so you might actually find that 1980s US Canadian uh, UK uh, crews are most mostly have like dead celebrants mostly ghosts that are part of it uh, which can mm. be kind of an uh, interesting change for them
1: the other thing to look at is with respect to demon and thus the god machine and associated things is that the Satanic Panic could well be part of uh, a leftover of, of infrastructure? So it is a, as I say, a mimetic virus gone rogue. It should have, it should have done its task and deleted itself, but it persists. Uh, it's got a specific term in in Demon. In uh, I can't remember the book. I think it's in the Demon the. Demon The Descent's player's guide or GM's guide? could be, I remember you talking about know. this concept. But it's essentially, you know, rogue, rogue ideas, rogue thoughts. Uh, so th- this world could be that. Uh, the interesting idea then would be if, if it's all, all these things are separate bits of infrastructure, what happens when they finally combine together? What is the, the concept that they give form to? Mm,
0: Yeah, I like it. I like it. That's good. Cool. Uh, Chris, any other uh, good ideas for Chronicles of Darkness, World of Darkness, or maybe even another RPG?
1: I think the Satanic Panic would be, it's also uh, a useful thing to, I say useful, it's a a concept uh, to explore within, uh, say, games like uh, Liminal. Mm -hmm. You could also definitely look at it through the lens of a 80s game Kind of inspired game uh, where you are playing children. So the best games to look at for that would be things like uh, Tales from the, Tales from the Loop or uh, Kids on Bikes. Yeah, I've not played Kids on Bikes and so I've not played Tales from the Loop. I'm reading through it, uh, the latter. Uh, but both those of those use a heavy '80s kind of Stranger Things kind of uh, inspired setting. Yeah, yeah. There's also uh, Little Fears, which
0: is uh, maybe a bit less. Uh, like body horror based but uh, could still be very good for exploring these kinds of themes uh, for kid characters
1: yeah and then of course uh, we'd be uh, we would it'd be a mistake for us to forget uh, obviously um, the Chronicles of Arts book that allowed uh, Innocence which allows you to play you know, child or young adult hmm. characters uh, again you could then look at this time period through that lens uh and you know it's also the, the important thing to say because i was actually just looking at an article but i was able to uh condense it down into something useful to say the satanic panic isn't just uh, a uk north america type thing there are examples of it occurring in italy within germany and so forth so you know there's there's a lot to explore as this idea propagates through uh, different countries and take takes its own kind of form uh and so that you know you, you can set it set this kind of concept wherever you want with your games
0: yeah definitely if you're a listener out there that has some knowledge or stories um from you know the u.s canada uk or any other country any other region uh that could kind of shine some light on this we'd love to hear it we'll definitely uh bring it up on a future show because it's, uh, it's a it's very interesting topic and um you know unfortunately just just keeps coming back to the surface going into the shadows again, and then it you know, emerges you know, 5, 10 years later somewhere else. It's, uh, it's very interesting. Cool. Um, so Chris, I've um, uh, got some exciting announcements, uh, of course, of uh, cool stuff coming up in the near future that uh, we want to get out there. Um, I will, of course, be at PAX East. Uh, I will be doing a panel called Horror in Tabletop Gaming, Maintaining the Terror Through Pacing, Tone, and Tension. Uh, which will be on thursday february 27th at 5 p.m in the bobcat theater really exciting uh i'm very happy that uh gehenna gaming invited me to help them do this panel at pax east and uh just really psyched for it and i'll also be running two or three games with them over the weekend uh for either uh vampire masquerade fifth edition or call of cthulhu so it's gonna be some good stuff chris do you have any uh, cool shows coming up
1: Uh, Yes, so I will be at at the Swansea Comics and Games Convention on the, it'll be April 4th. Yeah, April 4th, which is a Saturday uh, in Swansea, UK, uh, Wales, let's just say. Um, And that's, uh, I've not got the times uh, nailed down for what and when. But I will be doing two panels there, one uh, with Matthew Dawkins and Howard Ingham, uh, which will be about horror in gaming. And then I'll be doing a panel on my own about just how I got into writing for Cubicle 7 uh, on all three Warhammer RPGs and, uh, you know, things like, you know, just gaming in general, because I've done a bit. (laughs) Uh, And uh, there'll be uh, and then also there'll be a raffle where you can win a uh, the Corvus Cabal for Warcry, and a uh, a little warband of Night Haunt chain rasps that I've painted in synthwave colours. So those two warbands are painted, and you can win at the raffle. Nice. Uh, so there's that. Uh, I've got nothing locked in just yet for UK Games Expo, but plans are are prepared, being prepared uh but likely we will be there. Mostly not doing a panel this year because you know it takes some time out of the uh out of mm. you know being on the show floor and doing stuff but I'm sure we'll have something planned and I think myself, James and David will be there. And then uh let's think what else has been going on show wise uh and things that are important to to check in on. Of course we put out last week um the Vampire the Masquerade chapters interview with Flyos. Uh, that Kickstarter is currently running. That is a uh, board game, uh, kind of RPG in a box. Uh, so Chris and I, uh, so Chris and I, James and I, sorry, I am just reading the show notes here. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Uh, James and I interviewed Thomas and Gary at Flask Games. We really got into the nuts and bolts of that game. Uh, then also we've had some other cool content. So... Uh let's think that kickstart will be over, but uh we've done Dark Hammer, we've talked about orcs. Uh I think the next Dark Hammer we're planning on talking about Mordheim, which oh, is yeah. timely because of uh more and more information is coming out from uh from Games Workshop about Warhammer the Old World. Oh, because, so excited. Uh, they bring out it- yeah, I, I've got my theories on what that game mo, game is most probably. Uh, we'll see if it pans out. Uh, then we've also got uh, the interview you did with um, about exalted and Sion with uh, Chaz Kellner from Story told, which if you head over to story told, uh, Chaz's co-host chats to Monica about Hunter the Vigil. So that's that's a good good primer to Hunter. I think we'll mostly do an episode before the Kickstarter about Hunter in a more of a nuts and bolts what's really changed because we've got a very old show that goes on about Hunter the Vigil from, god, mostly five years ago we did that Qu- a quick overview of it. Hmm. Uh And then also there was the Exalted Essence uh, interview uh, you did with Monica and, uh, Specker and uh, Neil Ramon Price. That was really cool hearing about um, Exalted Essence. It sounds really like it's going to be a great way of getting into exalted oh, yeah. third I'm mission. the target
0: audience for it.
1: Yep. I am definitely the target <laughs> audience for that. Um, and yes, yeah, so that's, that's everything for now. Uh, I think also we've got planned. We're going to do a bit of a chat about, we'll do a V5 episode because we've had some good books come out, turn up like, you know, um, we've had hard copies of like Chicago by night turn up. So we're also going to talk about cults, of the blood gods and uh, fall of London. Mm-hmm uh and what those are like and then for chronicles of darkness i think we're because i think we're really we really need to talk about deviant don't we
0: oh we do yeah that's uh, definitely on the docket and very excited about it so that'll be a great episode to look forward to
1: and if people want to support the show obviously there's some great products out on the storyteller vault uh we have got the secret frequency files it's had great reviews which has story content for pretty much all the Chronicles of Darkness in in a way. The Hunger Within is a great scenario you can pick up. It's the first one we put out, which would be great as a starting point for Hunter the Vigil Chronicle uh, even, so it could be a prelude. Uh, Likewise, we've got uh, Ashes of Memory, which if you purchase it now, that will mean you'll automatically also get the update of it when Geist the Sin Eaters 2nd Edition is available on pdf to general sale i think that's it on interesting cool content from us uh i think there's obviously there's tons of content of like actual plays by other people vampire that's still ongoing um i think la by nights now decided it's like fourth season something like that um they just keep going something like that i I don't keep up with actual plays. Uh, I I don't have time. I need to write stuff more than yeah. than watch things. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and and paint stuff. So uh, yeah, um, I'm trying to think of anything else worth saying that's uh, worth or, or worth plugging. No, I think that's everything. That's everything. That's that's that's. It's been it's been a busy 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 time since Christmas. Yeah, definitely.
0: All right, cool. So this has been a secret frequency from Darker Days Radio. If you'd like to find more of our work in horror gaming, you can check out darker days.org. If you want to get in contact with us, send us an email over at darker radio at gmail.com. Uh, visit darker days radio on Facebook, uh, tweet at darker days radio, or join our Discord server through the link in the show notes. And until our next secret frequency, good night, good luck, and stay safe out there.